Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Southern Fried Football. We have another great episode for you on today's episode as we take a look back to the top matchups and the biggest upsets of one of the most exciting weekends of the college football season. We will finish the show with our winners and losers of the weekend and a two-minute drill where we pick our top two home-and-home locations for our favorite programs. You are listening to Southern Fried Football. after week six cook and i hung out threw some steaks on the grill watch games from sun up to sundown uh yeah tell, tell us about our weekend cook what a weekend it was uh honestly i, I think in addition to you know just getting to hang out all the food snacks and all that this might have been the best weekend of football so far this season oh for sure with the games being being held from the Red River rivalry at eleven, all the way to what was it, Notre Dame at night, uh, even USC late USC, night USC, uh, late drama, stakes, drama in every game, and the stakes you picked were phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't beat that horse enough. I know I've told you that over and over again, but they were, they were awesome. Um, but yeah, like you said, the the football beat the food somehow because the food was good in my opinion. But let's just start, uh, I guess, with the top twenty-five, uh, and we will roll into this episode so the top 25 has changed a good bit this week um georgia and michigan are still one and two uh ohio state jumped up to number three florida state jumped up to number four oklahoma breaking the top 10 jumped up seven spots to number five thoughts on that without breaking into too much information uh i feel like it was warranted uh with the result we saw um Oregon just looked like the, or excuse me, Oklahoma just looked like a team who was, um, they knew they were on a big stage, and they knew that they had to make every moment count, and boy did they. Yeah, that was a good game. We'll, we'll break that one down in a minute. Uh, Penn State at six, uh, Washington at seven, Oregon at eight. They didn't play at all this week, did they? Um, so they stayed in the same spot. Texas dropped number nine. USC dropped one spot to ten. Um, Alabama stayed the same. At 11, not sure if I agree with that. USC at 10 after that pitiful performance, but we'll break that down in a minute. Uh, North Carolina jumped up two spots to number 12. Ole Miss back up three spots to 13. Louisville jumped 11 spots to uh, number 14. Oregon State at 15. Utah, 16. Duke, 17. UCLA, 18 after being not ranked. Um, Washington State dropped to 19. Tennessee jumped up three spots to 20, right? Um Notre Dame, 21, uh, dropped 11 spots after their loss. LSU, 22. Kansas, 23 after not being ranked. Kentucky dropped four spots to 24. And Miami dropped eight spots to 25. So any any other thoughts on those rankings besides uh, the Oklahoma jump? Anything you want to touch on? 
Uh, nothing really. Okay. I don't think. Okay, yeah. The only thing I did not like, obviously, because I'm an Alabama fan, is the 10 and 11, which I told you they'd probably keep us out. I mm-hmm. told you. Like, I don't I don't think they'll break us into the top 10, even though I feel it's deserved. But uh, we will, let's, just, let's just move into the games, and we can talk more on why we think that. Um, so starting off, we'll just start off with Friday, since we started predicting on Friday. Uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State won 29-21. I didn't get to watch much of this game. Did you have any thoughts on that game? Uh, so I got to keep up with it, and it was Oklahoma State the whole way. Um, they dominated in the first half, and then in the second half, they just kind of got to uh, take the foot off the gas and put it on the brake, slow the game down. Um, very disappointing game for Kansas State, uh, especially for Will Howard, quarterback. Uh, just seemed like they couldn't – get the offense clicking on Friday night and uh, seemed like Oklahoma State knew that their backs were against the wall in this one and uh, Bowman he stepped up he had a great name I feel like it's the first time I actually got to watch him play quarterback this year Uh, and then um, again it was just such a good win for Gundy after you know if he would have went two and three this season you got to you got to start thinking that people are going to be trying to warm up that seat for him. And um, as long as he's been there, he's the longest tenured coach, I think, uh, except Brian Ferentz in college football. So, um, it, man, I, I didn't want to see that. And thankfully, we won't have to talk about that this week. So, glad to see the Pokes get this in a blackout game on, on a Friday night. Yeah. Um, I just want to take a second and point out the fact that I'm going to be dead wrong because when we early on in the when we started the podcast we predicted you know the championship I don't think Kansas State makes it now I'm being real. yeah it doesn't look look right for them um, but and I also said Will Howard player of the conference <laughs> so I look dead wrong but I will admit it I'm not afraid to admit it um, also on Friday Nebraska beats Illinois twenty to seven Illinois man they can't they can't get lucky they can't find nothing to work for them um is it that's Belima in it mm-hmm. I figured he had that program decent but two and four to start off with is horrific yeah Alana I know they lost some talent to the draft last year and they really just haven't figured out their guy at quarterback I feel like this year I know Altmaier is playing okay but he's not an Illinois quarterback uh he he's a better quarterback for a different kind of system uh I, I it's good for a great win, really, for Matt Rule. Uh, getting that first win in the Big Ten, uh, being one and two is a whole lot better than being one and three, and that's where the Illini find themselves right now. Um, so, got to give them, got to give Nebraska a pat on the back for getting a Big Ten win, and uh, you just got to hope that this can be a snowball effect, roll into a couple more wins along the way this season. And if you're Illinois, I don't know where you're looking to find some more wins. Got Maryland next week, Wisconsin after that, Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa, and then Northwestern. All those teams, I think, would beat Illinois if we're if I'm betting on it. I would take the other teams. So I don't know, man. I don't. It don't look bright for Belima. Um, how many years has he been there? Two. I feel like this is maybe year three. Year three. Something around there. Okay. <clears throat> um, gotta get it turned around if you're Belima. All right, let's jump into Saturday. Obviously, we'll start off with the big games. I'm sure that's what everybody wants to hear about. 
And what better one to start off with than the Red River rivalry? Took place at 11. Uh, number 12, Oklahoma, taking on number 3, Texas. Uh, I picked Texas in this game. Um, Oklahoma ended up winning 34-30. Man, that game was wild. Yeah, so we got to see another game where Quinn Ewers kind of starts the game a little bit slow. Uh, had one pick that was his fault, had one pick that really wasn't his fault, uh, and then got to see defense special teams uh, kind of bail him out, get him back in the game a bit uh, with that block punt for a touchdown. Um, but I feel like the biggest names we got to give props to, one, Dylan Gabriel, uh, someone who he's put up really good numbers so far this year, but he didn't do it against the greatest competition, and I feel like that made people believe that you know he might be just a stat padding guy, he a uh, paper tiger, in other words. But uh, he showed who he was on on Saturday, and I, I feel like his Heisman odds, I'm sure, have jumped up drastically since then. Uh, so I want to give him a shout out. Uh, also, that wide receiver, Farouk, I couldn't remember his first name, but I remember he had a huge day uh, on Saturday and uh, looks like he ended up with 130 yards in the game and uh, led the game in receiving yards. So uh, give them two props. Uh, and also, Brett Venables. Last year, you go 6-7 and seven with everybody, including the two of us, doubting you, uh, thinking that, you're not going to make it to conference championship this year. I know I had discussions where uh, we said, what if Brett Venables doesn't make it to the SEC? Uh, is he the guy you want leading your team first year in the SEC if you're going to be a six, seven, eight-win coach? And uh, he's already at six, and if I'm willing to bet, I'm willing to bet he's going to be double digits at least by the end of this year, pending injuries. So uh, hats off to them. Texas, you just got to wake up for these big games. Uh, these games, it seems like they're starting an hour late yeah, for the, Texas. The good news for Texas is um, you don't really have anybody else of that caliber on the schedule. I mean, you'll have the toughest game probably will be TC or Kansas State. Um, and both of those, well, no, Kansas State's at home, TC's on the road, but Colorado went to TC and won, so you should be able mm-hmm. to handle business. Um, and then I believe they'll get Oklahoma back. It's just the best two records mm-hmm. out of that, that conference. So I'm sure they'll probably play Oklahoma again. Unless Oklahoma stoops up, uh, like the wording there, stoops up and uh, loses to West Virginia or uh, Kansas at Kansas. So um, I don't know. My take on the game was you were, yeah, he, 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 like you said, he looks like he started off real slow. One interception was not his fault. However, uh, the other one was. But still threw for 346 yards, one touchdown. But Dylan Gabriel, uh, 285 yards passing, one touchdown passing, 113 yards rushing, one touchdown rushing. I didn't think much of them before this game. I thought they were a little overhyped. But, mm-hmm. man, he proved me wrong. They got UCF next week, then Kansas. Pretty pretty, pretty easy schedule. They should be able to win out unless they stoop up and uh, lose against West Virginia. Another thing... Uh, I guess I kind of want to give props to Texan, Texas coaching staff outside of some of the blunders they made. They went for it so many times on fourth down, and they were able to convert a lot of those times. And uh, a lot of those times I didn't ex- either expect them to myself or I wasn't 
uh, I wouldn't have suggested them to go for it. And um, those play called theirs were great up until the last fourth down they needed, uh, or last third down they needed. I can't remember. I remember late in the game where they threw a pass and it just went, I think may have finished a yard short of the down marker and uh, gave Oklahoma the ball. Um, obviously, I'm sure they wish they had that playback. But uh, other than that, I, I feel like if you're Texas, you get to at least scout this game uh, and you're going to get a rematch not far from where you play today. I believe they'll play it in the Cowboys Stadium, so it'll be in Arlington instead of Dallas. And um, I know everybody's going to be looking forward to that rematch. Yeah, no, that, the first one, round one, I guess you call it, was a banger. Um Hopefully we see round two. Uh, not sure who I'll go with in round two, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But yeah, saw the game to open up college football with uh, this weekend. With um, any last thoughts on that game? Only other thing I want to say, or I guess I want to ask you, is if before the season began, if I told you Oklahoma Texas is going to play their Week Six game, then they're also going to play in the Big Twelve Championship. If I said they were going to split those games, who would you rather be? Would you rather be the team that won that first game or the team that wins in the conference championship? Obviously now, knowing that they only have one loss most likely apiece and the winner of that championship game probably gets to the playoffs, I'd say the, the later game, the latter game. Um, but if you would ask me at the beginning of the season, I thought these teams would probably have at least – at least two losses, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, just with how I thought their conference was going to be. I would say it didn't really matter. Probably the first one for the rivalry. Um, but now the, the, the latter game, as long as they both keep winning, the winner of that will go to the playoff. I think so, too. Uh, and, you know, it would stink terribly if you're Oklahoma and you're sitting 12-1, and one, just a fresh loss, and that keeps you out of the playoff. But... Um, I mean, that's just where the playoffs are these days, just a fourteen. Yeah, now now you're looking if you're a, a fan of a different program who's already have a, who already has a loss and you're expected to win your conference championship, I still even though you, you win, like say you win your conference championship, say Tennessee wins out, doesn't lose another game, but they have that one loss. And people think the SEC's down this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw the Big 12 champion and then if Oklahoma turns around and gets thrown in as well because they beat Texas once. So I'd be rooting for chaos in that conference and hoping that Oklahoma could pick up a loss as well, um, at least down the road, and then maybe Texas beats them again to give them two losses. So you don't have that, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, not to go too hypothetical, but it's going to be very interesting if, you know, both these teams went out, then Texas beat Oklahoma. In the uh, championship, both are sitting at twelve and one. Just to figure out who between those two should go, and then you know we've been talking, yeah, you know, looking at the past two seasons, I guess about that same scenario happening in the Big Ten with Michigan, Ohio State, maybe now Penn State. Wonder how, wonder how the committee is going to have to treat all that this year. Maybe they'll just open it up into the twelve teams this year. <laughs> just go ahead and hit the yeah. hit the button, break the glass. Yeah, that's what they should do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that'll be interesting. So, if you're a fan, I'd be rooting for chaos in oh, yeah. all these conferences. Um, let's jump on down. I guess we can go ahead and hit the other big game of, of the day. Obviously, Alabama fans, 230. Um, number 11, Alabama traveling to unranked somehow. Texas A&M to 
College, uh, College Station to take on Texas A&M. Uh, heck of a game. Uh, it was fun to watch after. I mean, looking back on the fact, I stressed the whole way through it. Um, tied 3-3 at the end of one. Then Texas A&M uh, goes up at half by seven. Then Alabama comes out, 14-0s them in the third quarter. And then they score 3-2 to two in the fourth quarter. But, hey, it was enough for Alabama to get the win. Um, I didn't agree with some calls in that game. Several false starts I didn't see, like, actually happen. Uh, I thought they jumped. Uh, the one call that I really did not like, I think I stressed this to you, was the blocked kick return for a touchdown. Yeah, it was a bump, but it wasn't one of those that was what wasn't egregious. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't outrageously hit hard. Mm-hmm. It was more of a little love tap, and he sold it. But then again, he shouldn't. It's 15 yards behind you, Dallas Turner. What are you, what are you even doing hitting him? Um, but our defense looked good in that game, I think. A few, few mishaps. But uh, let's talk about Milrow, okay? Because I, I, I want to talk about all the haters that, first off, I know SEC Mike ain't listening to this. But I, that man had me heated for this game, saying we're going to lose 24-9, to how we're going to get drilled in this game, how Milrow isn't ready for the moment. Let me just read you Miro's stat line real quick. 21 for 33, 321 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That one interception was bad. Um, granted, the play before he got rocked. However, the pass was there. He just didn't zip it in fast enough or throw it over the top, one or the other. I'll live with it because our defense, Kayla Downs, got the pick, I think, the very next play. So it's basically like a give him one, they give us right back. But I was pleased with Miro's performance besides – Whatever we did at the end, instead of taking three knees, we almost pulled a crystal ball. Um, granted, he probably would have scored if he'd have thrown it and caught it, but Miro just needs to take a knee next time. Um, but other than that, I thought we played great. I think that sets a tone, a statement for us, um, and to all the haters that think we're out of the playoff contentions and out of SEC chances to win the West. I've been trying to stress it all all year. Yeah, our loss to Texas was bad, but we still have potential, and I still believe in us, and it looks good right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? So, go ahead. Let me, let me say one more you thing. You got one. <laughs> let me say one more thing. Thank you, Georgia, all right, for giving us Burton. Thank you, Georgia, all right? Running that man off. Wherever he wanted to leave, I appreciate it. Now, granted, that man runs his mouth a lot, but he backed it up this week. Nine receptions, 197 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a fumble. He just went down. But he had two big touchdowns, lots of yards, balled out for us. Our receiving core is coming together. And I think we found our go-to guys with Bond and uh, Burton. So, anyway, I'll let you continue. I think if you would have told me before the game started that A&M would hold Alabama to 26 points and – limit their rushing yards to uh, you know, next to nothing for the game, you know, definitely less than 100 yards, I think that means I would have told you A&M was going to come out probably win this game, what, 35-26 or whatever. Uh, but the Alabama defense stepped up, and um, the Alabama defense made adjustments in the second half, only giving up three points. And I feel like that's where this game was won. The second half, uh, Alabama came out and just swallowed up everything that A&M was throwing at them. 
they they couldn't throw on them. They couldn't run on them. Uh, and <clears throat> it was just a defensive struggle. Uh, I feel like the – almost feel like the only reason it was um, as close of a game as it was during the second half was because of um, that blocked kick. I, I feel like without that, uh, whether he would have – I feel like he probably would have missed it. But whether that would have went in or not um, – I feel like this game may have could have went a different way. Uh, I think Jimbo had a couple coaching decisions that he definitely in hindsight shouldn't have made, not going for it on fourth down, uh, doing a couple punts where he was on um, Alabama's side of the 50. So I definitely feel like A&M threw this game away, and now they're starting to ask more questions of themselves than they were going into this game. Uh, I think it's going to – I don't want to say it's going to be a, a heavy burden going on to the game they have this weekend upcoming in Knoxville, but definitely going to be in the back of their mind uh, some of the decisions they made going into that game. Um, all of that being aside, with how A&M took away the run from Alabama, it, it's a wonder to me that Jalen Milrow did as well as he did. I thought that the only way he would be successful was if um, he would be able to run the ball and you know, maybe the receiver bailed him out. Um, you can say Burton bailed him out, but he did make some really, really good deep throws to him as well, uh, in addition to some of the short passes where Burton broke a tackle or two for a touchdown. Um, Nuro played a really good game, and like I said, I think he should probably end up getting – SEC Player of the Week or Offense Player of the Week for the conference. Um, all that being aside, what I take away from this game is uh, Alabama's hardest road test is done now, uh, which I think both going into it, we agree that that's probably their hardest test left. Yeah, we know we got uh, Tennessee and LSU yet to come to Tuscaloosa, but um, – Playing at home will be a whole lot different from playing at Caulfield, uh, no matter the quality of this A&M team, which I think this A&M team will still end up being a ranked team by the end of this season. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it makes me wonder if, if it was Burton that we were targeting or if we found a, a mismatch that we liked in their defensive, defensive back. I know I heard several people or the corners, whatever. Um, cause we hit... Was it Bond on that one deep ball? Mm-hmm. Which it was on the left side, so I don't, I don't really know. But I'm curious. I know Burton is his favorite target. I think I said that during the Texas game. He forced tried to force it to Burton. So maybe it's just his favorite target. And Burton is solid enough to create space. But whatever it is, I like what's going on. I feel more comfortable with him throwing. Still would rather him use his feet and run it. Not gonna, not going to lie. But he, he, he proved to people that if you take away the run game, he can still, he can still hurt you. Um, at least against A&M, he proved mm-hmm. that. Next week, we got Arkansas. I think we're in a good spot right now. Uh, go win this game against Arkansas. And then, obviously, handle business against Tennessee, who who stumped you last year. But if you're Alabama fans, I think you feel a little better about your program and about your offensive coordinator calls, your wide receiver core, your quarterback in itself. Your defense has proven itself time and time again. Um, not really sure on the update of Malachi Moore. 
think it was just an ankle sprain. I think it's what Saban said in his post-conference. Um, and then the, the punter is actually, he pulled something. So I'm sure Riker will be punting for a little more, a little more uh, for the next few weeks. But uh, I'm curious to see how we handle business next week. Hopefully we handle business. He's at home, coming back, playing Arkansas, um, who just lost to Ole Miss this week. But anyway, and like you said, A&M goes to Neyland next week. So do you have any thoughts on, on Texas A&M now that you've seen them play against Alabama? Any thoughts on that game next week, or do you want to save them? Def- uh, I'll probably save most of it, but I'll say the defensive line still kind of worries me. Their defensive line uh, going against our offensive line. Um, but you see the deep ball open up, and Milton mm-hmm. is good at the deep ball, so that should give you a little bit of hope. If, if we for, decide to throw the deep ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was the big game for me, obviously, being an mm-hmm. Alabama fan. The other big game, oh, it will go on a hit before we go through these other little games. Let's talk about Georgia-Kentucky really quick before we hit Notre Dame. Um, number 20, Kentucky, going to Athens to take on number one, Georgia. And, man. It escalated quickly. Yeah, so this was a game where afternoon slot, or of course every slot, uh, the setup we had for Saturday, we had a, a big TV and then we had two laptops. This game started the after, the late night slot or afternoon slot or evening, whatever you want to call Six, it, yes. on the big TV and then very quickly found its way on a laptop. Uh, found its way so quickly to a laptop that we decided that We'd rather just start cooking steaks and watch that game. Uh, Georgia came out. They dominated. They decided that uh, they aren't going to allow me to sound smart. They're not going to be a slow start team. They're going to be a, a team who pounds Kentucky's face into the mud. And that's exactly what they did in this one. Uh, Carson Beck had a great game, 389 yards, uh, four touchdowns, had one pick. Brock Bowers did his thing, 132 yards, receiving, and a touchdown. Ray Davis still somehow led the game in rushing, yet he only had 59 yards on 15 carries in this one. Seems like Georgia's back, ready for business. Uh, I guess their five-week hibernation is over, and uh, now they're ready to start playing SEC teams. Uh, I'm sure playing this game at night, in front of a home crowd, uh, definitely played a bit into how well they performed. But um, I also just think Kentucky isn't one of the 20 best teams in the country, personally. Um, hate to say that. If you are a Kentucky fan, uh, seems like it just just reminds me of several past few years where you know you start off playing – a weaker schedule to begin with. Uh, you're still getting over the hump, beating Florida, but uh, <clears throat> after that, kind of runs into a brick wall, especially when you play Georgia. Yeah, no, Kentucky let me down. I was hoping for some chaos. Didn't find it this week. However, uh, Kentucky goes to Missouri, or Missouri comes to, to Kentucky, I think, next week. Have a chance to bounce back. That'll be a solid game. Um, and then they'll have Tennessee at home as well. So you need to win this next week because I don't know how the following week will go. But Georgia, on the other hand, they can go back into hibernation for another week. They go to Vanderbilt, and they could play as bad as Georgia plays, and I don't see them losing that game. Yeah, put in the third strings. 
Yeah, then they go to Florida, which they'll have to get up for that one a little bit maybe, at least for the first half. Um, then Missouri comes to them, then Ole Miss, then Tennessee. So they got a couple sleeper games in there that they could stumble. Um, but this past week was not one of them. 51-13, Georgia over the Kentucky Wildcats. All right, let's talk about number 10, Notre Dame, traveling to number 25, Louisville. Um, Louisville, I mean, Notre Dame has had a rough two weeks. Not rough, but being playing big teams the past two weeks with that loss against Ohio State mm-hmm. with 10 players on the field to the last drive win over uh, Duke. Mm-hmm. And then they go on the road to Louisville. And, man, Louisville beats them 33-20. Sam Hartman's stat line, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 254 yards. Thoughts on this game? Thoughts on his performance? Um, didn't get to watch this one just too intently, but a very close first half, 7-7 going to halftime. Louisville Stadium, um, can't remember exactly what they renamed it to, but whatever it is, uh, it was rocking. And almost wish I would have went to that game. Cardinal Stadium. Cardinal Stadium, yeah. Uh, almost wish I was at that game because that atmosphere was crazy. Uh, in the second half, I believe that's when majority of Hartman's turnovers came about. Uh, I think they may have also forced a fumble on, from somebody on Notre Dame. Uh, Estime looked fairly okay, but uh, this was a Louisville team who I thought was – kind of similar to Oklahoma. They hadn't really beat anybody, and uh, I thought that there's a small chance Notre Dame just kind of boat races them at home and they just get up for this game for nothing. Uh, But Louisville proved me wrong. Jeff Braum, um, well, I say they proved me wrong. If you recall last week, I did predict Louisville as the upset of the week. That's two weeks in a row. West Virginia, Louisville, Outright dogs winning. Promises made. Promises delivered. Stay tuned next episode for my episode this upcoming week. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff Brom, he's a great coach at upsetting some top-ranked teams, and that's what he did again. I don't know what his blueprint is, but uh, I would love to have that mailed over to Knoxville for a couple games we got later this season. You know, for sure. Uh, big, big win for uh, the Cardinals. Jack Harlow stormed the field. Um, heck of an environment. Improved to, what, 6-0. and They got Pittsburgh at Pitt next week. They should win that one. Then they have an injured Duke uh, on the 28th, so they have a bye week after that. So maybe Riley Leonard will be back. Who knows for that game. Win that game, and it's pretty smooth sailing. Virginia Tech, Virginia, back-to-back weeks. Then to finish the season, you got at Miami and then Kentucky at home. So possibly could see undefeated Louisville. Going to the what, ACC championship to take on probably Florida State. Mm-hmm. If I had to take a guess. Maybe North Carolina. Yeah, maybe North Carolina. Who knows? Um, it would be wild to see the Cardinals slide into playoff contention, though. Um, one last thing I want to say. Oklahoma, under Stoops, you know, he had the nickname Big Game Bob. Is it time we start giving Braum, Big Game Braum? Big Game Braum. I, I like it. I feel like that's about warranted now. No, I like it. I like it. Now, we went from the highest to highest coaches. Let's go to the lowest to lowest coaches. I think you know where I'm going with this. Georgia Tech taking on number 17, Miami. Um, 
Miami. Let me just see what their ESPN had their win percentage at. <laughs> let's see. It was at. All right, let me find it. Well, it wasn't that high. I thought they had a. Oh, yeah, ninety nine point nine for Miami. All right, ninety nine point nine, and then they fumble when they could have taken a knee. This is not Cristobal's first time at this. I don't think. I think mm-hmm. it's happened to him before. Uh, back <laughs> when Oregon hosted Stanford, I couldn't tell you the exact year. Give me one moment. But yeah, all you had to do was take a knee, Cristobal. He had players on the sideline saying, "What are we doing?" Fumbles it, and then a heck of a play by uh, Christian Leary. Bama built, caught the touchdown pass from Haynes King, um, and then they go for two. I don't really understand that aspect of it, um, but they just took a knee. Maybe they were just yeah. Taunting. They they just took maybe a they knee. were taunting yeah or something. I don't, I don't really know. They said that that way they couldn't run it back. Yeah, something. I I know. Yes, I guess Miami could have run it back and made it 22-23, uh, but, um, yeah, I guess you don't want to mess up the snap or anything. Keep it a nice, pretty score, 23-20. Yeah, Georgia Tech pulls off the shocker um, against number 17, Miami. I don't even have any thoughts on this game besides the wow. Um, I remember we were sitting here watching another game, and you're like, Georgia Tech just got the ball back off of Miami fumble. Mm-hmm. Like, All right, we'll flip to it, sure enough. Flip to it. They're challenging it. They get the call. Fumble. Three plays and they're in the end zone, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe four. Four plays. Four plays. But, yeah. Bizarre. Bizarre ending to that game. Uh, I think time we give Brent Key props. I know this is his third ranked uh, win as an unranked team at Georgia Tech. Don't think Georgia Tech will be a ranked team anytime soon. Uh, however, I do think he is a very nice, gritty <clears> coach. <throat> Uh, someone who may not win you a press conference, but someone who might end up winning you a couple games. Uh, would love to see what he could do against Georgia here at the end of the year. Yeah, maybe. I would love to see him replicate that exact game. That'd be wild. I think Georgia would take a knee, though. I think Kirby's smarter than that. Yeah. But maybe, maybe they can pull off an upset. Big win for the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech this week. Um, let's keep on moving. I'm going to hit several, two more big games, and we'll go back down to the, the actual time so hit the smaller games. Um, Oregon State, number 15, Oregon State, going to California. 52-40 um, for Oregon State. I noticed that they run a two-quarterback system now. I didn't really pick up on that until mm-hmm. I watched this game. But Ugalele, DJ Ugalele, however you pronounce his name, five touchdowns, 275 yards. I don't think he was the problem at Clemson. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> but they, they get the W, um, 52-40 over Cal, and move to 5-1 and one with UCLA coming to Beaver Nation next week. Thoughts on that game? Yeah, DJ looked great. Damian Martinez looked great. Um, Gold, and I think is either Bolden or uh, something like that. Uh, their kick return, they both look great. Um, Jonathan Smith, as basic as his name is, man, he is a heck of a coach. Uh, he, I, I love watching him coach these type of games. Um, Cal gave him a handful to put up with uh, Oregon State made a few mistakes there in the first half made a mistake or two on defense couple penalties that they shouldn't have in the third quarter but then they uh, got to establish um, their type of play and impose their will on defense against Cal and pulled away uh, Cal scored a late eight points to make it a 12 point game it was a, a 20 point game uh, but 
hats off to Oregon State. I had them just on the outside of a Pac-12 championship appearance, but uh, I do think that they will, at the end of this season, they will influence who will be in that championship game, whether that's them or them knocking somebody out. No, for sure. I'd agree with that. The last big game we'll hit, Arizona taking on number nine, USC. If you're awake for this one, you are a sicko, and thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, 43-41, three overtimes. It took USC to beat Arizona at home. Just let that marinate in. You know, I've heard all year, this is USC's year. It's the year they're going to make the playoffs. I ain't buying in. I, I ain't been bought in. I ain't been bought in on Caleb Williams. I think he's absolute overhyped. And he finally plays a subpar opponent. Now, yes, he had three rushing touchdowns. But let's read his stat line um, in passing. So he's 14 for 25, 219 yards, one touchdown. Not terrible, but not a Heisman performance. Not a best QB in the nation performance um, by any means. Against Arizona, he got outplayed, in my opinion, by the Arizona QB. The freshman, uh, Noah Fafita. Let's read his stat line. 25 for 35, 303 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Uh, don't know if he had a scrambling touchdown or not. I can look real quick, but my thoughts on the game, yeah, he had, no, no, he didn't have a scrambling touchdown, but he scrambled for 12 yards on nine carries. Uh, so not great, but I'm not impressed with USC. They're not making it out of their conference. They're not making it. I don't know if they make it to their conference. I don't know how the conference championship works. Top two. Top two. Well, I don't know if they make it to it. Yeah. Uh, with the stretch they got coming up, um, starting to be a little doubtful. Uh, USC, I, I guess maybe Alex Grinch knows where Lincoln Raleigh buried the bodies at Oklahoma uh, because I would have not allowed him back on campus after this game. Giving up 41 points, yeah, 13 of it came in overtime. Uh, but going down 17 nothing to start the game is just horrific at home. Yeah, it, it's just unacceptable. Uh, not the way that USC uh, should be playing football, especially at this point in the season. It's not like it's a week one game. It's not like it's a game at Arizona. This is a game at home in front of your fans late night on the West Coast. Uh, this is a game that should have been a snooze fest uh, by the end of it. Um, I, I will say credit to USC for coming back down 17 and winning in overtime, but you also won in three overtimes where the rules are stupid and you're playing two-point conversion off when, honestly, at that point, I'd rather us just play penalty kicks and just kick field goals back and forth because uh, doing the two-point conversion – yeah, Caleb William, he ran his in, and then Arizona tried to do a weird end-of-round uh, pull theirs off, and uh, I just I think it's the worst rule change we've seen in any sport in our lifetime. Um, I don't know why they're trying to shorten the game. Yeah. They're doing it over and over again with the new rules, with the time, don't stop. Yeah. But. If you're a TV executive, screw you. Yeah, straight up. And also, whoever writes these articles for ESPN, bro, we obviously don't watch the games because Caleb Williams actually doesn't like to run with the ball, even though he's clearly exceptional at it. That's nice, bro. Look who's playing, all right? Taylor Hodges, wake up, bro. 
All right, I'm tired of hearing about Caleb Williams the best quarterback. Get out of here. All right, I know you're living on the West Coast now, but you don't have to. You don't have to vouch for them. You're from Tennessee. You don't have to vouch for them. Uh, I stand by the fact. Call me loony. Call me crazy. But Norris going to go a lot further with his team than USC is. And that may be defense. Probably is defense. But guess what? Miro runs the ball better than Caleb Williams runs the ball. He'd be running all over Arizona. I mean, Miro put up stats on a real team this week. All right? I'm not saying he's better, but I'm just saying Caleb Williams needs to come down from that high horse that y'all put him on because he's not that. He ain't him. I promise you. If he was, this game wouldn't have gone to three overtimes. He wouldn't have gone down 17-0. Anyway. As a Titans fan, I'll still take Caleb Williams uh, with no matter what draft pick we get. But uh, I, I see where you're pointing. Caleb Williams isn't showing out as a Heisman-worthy quarterback this year. Uh, I do think he has the best skill set of any quarterback. Um, but he also has the slightly, up to this point, he has he's played the easiest schedule of any quarterback. Definitely, for sure. But, no, he is good. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying they have him on this pedestal. But... We'll see what he's like yeah, over the next few right weeks. Right now, he don't deserve to go back to that. No, and we'll see what he's like in these next few weeks because, like we read earlier, the schedule is yeah. brutal. Put Notre up Dame. or shut up, Tom. Yeah, Notre Dame. At Notre Dame, and then you got Utah, and then at California, then Washington, and then at Oregon. So, we'll see what he's about. He can, he can, he can make me look dumb. I can see two losses, I think. Two losses right there. If I'm looking, I see one next week. For sure. Is Utah at home or what? Utah's at home for USC. The thing is, Utah has their number. Yeah, Utah has their number. They got a defense. USC doesn't have a defense. If Cam Rising is back, I'm taking Utah 100%. If you say over under one and a half losses, I'm taking the over. If you say over under two and a half, I think they lose I to Washington. Might, I think they I lose to Oregon. Take the over. <laughs> and I definitely think they lose to Notre Dame, possibly even Utah and UCLA. I like, think they may have four losses here in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, and I'm gonna love every second of it. I'm gonna love every second of it. Taylor Hodges will have some messages coming in the group chat. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's go down. Uh, and highlight the other games that took place on Saturday that weren't marquee games. Maryland, Ohio State. I think I, I said Maryland will give them a game. Of, this may have been my upset of the week. <clears throat> it looked good for a little bit. Mike Loxley. Uh, I think it was ten ten and a half. Um. But they ended up losing thirty-seven to seventeen. Ohio State moves to five and zero, taking on Purdue next week before they have Penn State. So we'll see another week of probably a blowout. Then they'll have Penn State. Thoughts on this game? Hats off to Ohio State, I guess, battling back from ten down uh, against Maryland. This isn't a bad Maryland team. However, if you're Ohio State, you should be taking care of these teams. Uh, it should have been a 20-point game in the first half, not because of what happened in the second half. Yeah, no, it's just play somebody, please. Play somebody. We'll get into that later on when we do our two-minute drill. But uh, play somebody. Um, so I would say survives another week. Probably will survive another week after this. Mm-hmm. But then they get Penn State. And then we'll see maybe, maybe something. Um LSU, Missouri. Number 23, LSU traveling to number 21, Missouri. Don't forget your Columbia Jackets, people. That was the most cringest comment I've ever seen in my life. Um, But they get the job done. 49-39. Did not look like it for a while. I think they went down 
what, 15-7 in the first, and then 25-17 to at half. But then they have a big, big fourth quarter, 22-7, outscoring them uh, to pull it out for them. Uh, Missouri is not terrible, but uh, just kind of coughed it up right there at the end. I think both of these two teams are deservedly top 25 teams in the country. Uh, I believe Kentucky stayed in the top 25 while Missouri dropped out. I disagree with that. Um, I think there's two really good offenses, but at the end of the day, it seemed like LSU's experience uh, and the slight edge with talent took them a little bit further. I uh, hate to see that. Brady Cook throwing that pick six very late in the game, uh, which essentially sealed it for him. Uh, thought he might have a chance to go the length of the field and uh, toss one in for a touchdown. Uh, Luther Burden had another really good game for the Tigers, but uh, just wasn't enough in this one. Um, interested to see what LSU does the rest of their SEC schedule. Interesting to see how Missouri will influence the Eastern standings by the end of this uh, season. Yeah, no, for sure. The East is pretty deep yeah. under Georgia. If Georgia can hold out, I didn't mean to cut you off. but No, no, you're fine. Um, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, top four teams, I'd say. Teams that actually have a chance of winning it, Georgia or Tennessee, in my opinion. Uh, Georgia can cough, cough up a few. Anyway, continue with your thoughts. Sorry. No, yeah, I was done. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, so Missouri, I think they, like I said, they go to Kentucky this week. Hopefully a bounce back for them. But Kentucky's also looking for a bounce back after losing to Georgia. So that'll be a good game to keep your eyes on. That's at 630. Kentucky's a two-point favorite. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. Anyway, not getting into all that. We'll save that one for next week. Uh Mississippi State, Western Michigan, hit that one really quick. 41-28, Mississippi State bounces back. Thoughts on that? No. No. Yeah. Took Um, care of business. Did what they needed. uh, Number 13, Washington State, going to UCLA. UCLA gets the job done 25-17. Give me your thoughts on that game. If you could figure out what I was trying to say on last uh, episode, made some money. Uh, the the home favorites who are not ranked against the ranked road underdogs. That's a blind take every time. Uh, UCLA, they got one thing that seems like several Pac-12 teams don't have, and that's defense. Somehow Chip Kelly has made a really good defense out of UCLA Bruins, and we saw that on display, holding Washington State and Cam Ward to uh, under 20 points. I, I could not believe that. Uh, if you would have told me that UCLA would have been held to 25 points, I would have thought that Washington State would have boat raced them in this one. But uh, it was the other way around where UCLA was able to slow down Washington State and force some turnovers. Yeah, no, solid game overall. Um, big win for UCLA. Got them back into the rankings. Um, jumping down, Virginia Tech going to number five, Florida State. 39-17 Seminoles. Uh, rural, rural Seminole win. Um I expected them to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they covered them. I don't know the line. But Jordan Travis, 18 for 24, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Decent day for him. Um, any thoughts on that? Closer game than it probably should have been at halftime, but Florida State 
feel like they were probably just going through the motions in this game. It wasn't quite as uh, upset alert as they played against Boston College, but it was at home. You did what you needed to do. I don't believe you uh, turned the ball over in this one. So, uh, good win for Florida State. All right. Uh, Syracuse going to number 14, North Carolina, and it was a blowout. Uh, 40-7, to uh, Tar Heels. Thoughts on that? North Carolina is making me eat my words. I had them as a overrated team for this year, but Drake Mays listened to us. He's stopped throwing interception. He had 442 yards against Syracuse, three touchdowns passing. Uh, UNC looks deep. I guess their defense is legit uh, at this point uh, from what we've seen now. Uh, hats off to the turnaround that they've made in this offseason. And also glad to see that Tez Walker has been eligible for the remainder of this year. Yeah, big win for them. Who they have next week? Are they off? Uh, Miami next week mm-hmm. uh, at home. So, big game for them. Crystal Ball will be looking to uh, bounce back from that horrific uh, game this past weekend. Yeah, can't overlook Miami just because they had a error. Yeah, no, no. They should be undefeated. Um Purdue, Iowa, really quick. Iowa won 20 to 14. I don't have any thoughts on that. Yeah, nothing really. I know, uh, I think Iowa was starting their backup quarterback in this game. So good to see them pull out a win despite that. Um, bad stat for our <laughs> offensive coordinator over there. Didn't get you 25 points you wanted <laughs> to average. Also, I believe I read a stat where you're, you are the only team who's averaging more punt yards than you are receiving yards or passing yards and also I believe it's Army might be Air Force uh, more scholarship receivers at that service academy has catches than Iowa scholarship receivers this year so maybe we can figure out the passing game at some point Yeah. <laughs> maybe not this year though yeah I don't know uh Wake Forest, Clemson, a lot closer than I thought. 17-12, to 12, Clemson pulls it out. Club Nick, still not impressing me. Um, that's my thoughts on this game. Yeah, you're a 21-point favorite. Uh, Wake really embarrassed you, I, I feel like, at home. Uh, you got to figure something out. Uh, Club Nick's not the guy. I think Garrett Riley's a good coordinator after what we saw last year. Maybe that was more of a Sonny Dykes, but you got to find right quarterback this offseason, whether that's in the portal or a freshman or whatever. Uh, you got to find something new to revamp this offense. Your defense is really solid, but offense, something's got to change. No, for sure. Um, yeah. Maybe they're just clocked out at this point. Yeah. Who knows? It wouldn't shock me. Um, Vanderbilt versus Florida. Florida handles business 38-14. Um, keeps on rolling. They'll play uh, South Carolina at South Carolina next week. So that'll be a good one to keep your eyes on. <clears throat> um, jumping down the list, UFC, no, not UFC, UCF in Kansas. Kansas handles business 51-22. Thoughts on that game? It's one of those games that makes me wonder what the UCF fans are up to the ones who said uh, thanks Tennessee for taking mm-hmm. Heupel. Uh, we'll we'll gladly take uh, what's his name? Yeah, um, old Auburn coach Gus. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, I'm a football guy, I promise. Uh, we'll gladly take Gus. You you take Hypo. This was a game where, uh, man, they just got smacked. Uh, I know you got McLean as opposed to John Rice Plumley playing, but uh, KU just got smacked last week by Texas, and then uh, they go in and do the same thing to y'all, what happened to them. Definitely need to uh, start figuring some things out. You're 0-3 now in the Big 12. Uh, really don't want to see that go to 0-4 and 3-4 and on the season. Otherwise, you're going to be starting to jeopardize your potential in the Big or not Big 12, but just making a bowl game. Uh, Kansas, good win, good bounce back win. I, are they back in the top 25? Um, let me tell I you. don't think they are. I uh, know they're ranked 23, actually. 23, okay. Good and they have Oklahoma State on the road. I think deservedly so. Um, just the one loss to Texas so far, it was kind of a blowout, but uh, it was on the road at your first big game of the year. Uh, I feel like this Kansas team will definitely go bowling, and I feel like they got maybe eight, nine wins up their sleeve. <clears throat> I'd agree with that. Um, real quick, Arkansas State versus Troy. Troy wins 37-3, um, moves to 4-2. and two. Go Trojans. Yeah, go Trojans. Got Army next week at Army, so I'll keep my eyes on that one. Uh, I'll jump down. UConn beats Rice to get their first win of the season. thought that was ironic because um, Rice gave Texas a game mm-hmm. earlier on in the season. Colorado uh, struggles a little bit but pulls out a W at Arizona State, 27-24. And then you see the wrist flex. Yeah, Shadur flexed on the student section. I gotta, I gotta admit, I didn't love it against Arizona State. If it was against, uh, if it was at home, I get it. Do it in front of your own fans. That's cool. If it was against Oregon, if they would have won that game, or uh, if they would have won like at USC or something like that, or uh, maybe somebody who's not one in five, I would have liked it a little bit better. But against Arizona State, uh, come on. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, Colorado has Stanford at home next week, back mm-hmm. in Boulder, 11-point favorites, um, before they play UCLA at UCLA. Um, jumping on down, number two, Michigan, uh, taking on Minnesota. Um, if you listen to our last episode... I think we both said Michigan would blow them out, right? I wish. I wish. <laughs> I appreciate that, but I... I I told you, if you don't know this man's name, you will this week. I told you it's because Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, are going to beat Michigan. Athan Kalikamanis, that's what I said about him. I said he, he's going to be a household name after this. Maybe in the Michigan household. Um, man, 5 for 15, 52 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, yeah, man. 52 to 10, Michigan rolls. Um, who they have next week? They have Indiana at home. And then Michigan State on the road. Any thoughts on this game? Uh, one of the comments after the game, PJ Fleck had, he gave high praise to Michigan, called them, I think, like the strongest, deepest, smartest, most complete team he's ever played against, or he has ever coached against in his eleven plus years of coaching. And um, I feel like a, a coach like him. Yeah, they, I know some people in Tennessee call him Big Ten Butch. Uh, but I, I do think he means those words when he says that. I don't, I don't think he's just saying that to try and get on Michigan staff whenever Minnesota lets go of him. Uh, I think this Michigan team 
so far has been the best team um, as opposed, or I guess looking at their schedule and what they've done against their competition. I think they've been the most impressive so far. I think Georgia's a close second. Um, so I'm excited to see what this Michigan team does moving forward. Yeah, I'm excited to see them get tested. Um, same as Ohio State and Penn State. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm waiting, counting down those days. Yeah, just um, the two big games. Yeah, I want to see how they look. I really do. I feel like they're winning the games they're supposed to, so you can't hate on them. Um, mm-hmm. But they haven't proven anything to me yet. Until you win a big game like that, you're doing what you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but at, like you said, they have been the, the most. They beat teams the way they're supposed to beat them if you're a great team. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. But uh, we'll see uh, as they continue on through their schedule. Jumping down Arkansas to number 16 Ole Miss. Um, Arkansas travels. The Bacon Backs travel to Oxford. And come up short 27-20 Ole Miss. Thoughts on that game? Are we going to start calling Arkansas the Bacon Backs? That's good with me, bro. Okay. That's good with me. <laughs> Shout out, Brent. Uh, kind of, I want to say a snooze fest. Because uh, it wasn't a snooze fest. It was a close game for a portion of the game. But kind of disappointing. Um, 13-17 going into the fourth quarter. Ole Miss pulls away. Ends up winning 27-20. Definitely thought it would be more high scoring. Uh, I think this Arkansas team just did what Arkansas has done this whole time. And it's just sputtered on offense. Very disappointing. Ole Miss defense actually looked good in this one, but again, I think that's more so because how bad Arkansas's offense has looked. Sam Pittman, is it too early to say he's officially on the hot seat? Two and four, zero oh and three in the conference. No, I think he is on the hot seat, uh, especially with Alabama next week. Alabama does what they need to do, beats them, that moves them to two and what five? Yeah, two and five. After that, Mississippi State at home at Florida. Versus Auburn, versus FIU, and versus Missouri. Two wins in there, I think. Uh, I think State Florida. if you lose, definitely if you lose Mississippi State, but I think if you lose at Florida versus Auburn and Missouri at home, I think he's out. Uh, if he only that, gets two more wins. Yeah, because that would give him two more wins. Definitely only think he gets one more win. Uh, I think you got to go at least five and seven the rest of the way, and that's not going to be easy. No, yeah, he's definitely on the hot seat. Um, Chuck Liddell, Iceman, at that game yeah. too. Like, <laughs> random. Uh, a lot of stars coming out for the games this week. We saw Jack Harlow at Louisville. Iceman's in Oxford. It's pretty cool to see. I'm sure, Taylor Swift was somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure she was somewhere. Um, in turf. Yeah, not. She's not a fan of the turf. I hear. The fans aren't. Yeah, the fans aren't. Um, let's see. Fresno State, number 24 Fresno State going to Wyoming. Wyoming, like you said, bro, what was that, that phrase? They hit Warned again. you, the winds of Laramie. You got to watch out for them. Wasn't even too windy for Laramie standards, but uh, I knew it was a nice slap to the face when Fresno State realized they were down 24-7 going into halftime. Uh, Wyoming is a great team at taking the air out of the ball. And they didn't even have to score a point in the second half. They still held on for a victory, 19-24. I remember, I think I told you, because this was on later at night, uh, I think I told you to turn on the game 
for, uh, for this, and then we turned it on it, and it was like, well, we got the ball back. They're going to deal it out. Yeah. They won the game. Uh, Fresno State, I think you may have blown your chance at a New Year's Six in this one. You may not have. I uh, definitely need to win out from here on out if you want a chance at it. I'm not sure who else group of five was is looking really good, but uh, I know you were the front runner and losing it. Uh, wow. uh, unranked Wyoming wasn't great for you. Uh, both of these teams being Mountain West, I'm not sure how Mountain West championship works. It might be the top two teams. If it is, I could see a rematch between these two. Um, if it's at a neutral side, I might lean Fresno State, but going to Wyoming where Fresno State, you're at sea level. Wyoming, you're thousands, thousands of feet in the air. Uh, I knew that that would be playing a factor in this one, and it seems like it did with Fresno State's slow start. Yeah, no, for sure. I think they blew their shot at the New Year's Six Bowl. Don't have anybody on the schedule to make this win up. Um, jumping on down, Texas Tech goes to Baylor, wins 39-14. little shocker. Um, any thoughts on that one? I think this was going back and forth between Tech as a one-point favorite and Baylor as a one-point favorite. Uh, it was nice to see Tech show up and finally play to the standard I thought they would have this whole year. Baylor just been a very disappointing season ever since the that opening loss to Texas State, uh, where I know your quarterback got knocked out. But, man, it's just been a very disappointing year for y'all. Uh don't think that Aranda will be on the hot seat this year. However, if you know they can't string at least a few more wins together, definitely going to be starting next season on the hot seat. So uh, Texas Tech, keep on trying to stack some Big 12 wins. Try to prove me right and find your way in the Big 12 championship, but I don't find that likely after what we saw. Yeah. Um, speaking of disappointing – uh, they used to call them the Hypnotoads. I call them the Technofrogs now. Uh, <laughs> man, 27-14, Iowa State beats TCU. If you're TCU, you're at the lowest of lows from national championship last year, getting blown out to losing to Colorado. 3-3 three and three is not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, Your, their, their season now is to beat Texas, upset Texas at home, and give Oklahoma a game on the road. That's your whole season. Yeah, so they're going to go zero and two in those games. Um, mm-hmm. So we're looking at, at least three and five. Yeah, uh, five loss season. Uh, you were a seven point favorites against Iowa State. I thought about making Iowa State as the upset of the week, just because I I don't think TCU deserves to be fourteen point favorite over anybody. Don't think they deserve to be a seven point favorite on the road, and they proved me right once again. This is the Iowa State team who couldn't figure out what how to play offense earlier this year in a 10-7 loss to Ohio at home. So Ohio outplayed you in Ames as uh yeah. Enough enough of that. I, I don't even I can't even get shouldn't my words even, out now. Shouldn't even been in. They shouldn't even been in last year in my opinion. I mean, yeah. can't even win your championship to Kansas State who Alabama drew up. Let's just throw that out there. But we want to be a want to be I'm not even gonna say it. We want to be <laughs> YMCA ball and give everybody or upper ball. Everybody gets a trophy, and so let's let these little teams get in here. You beat Michigan. Congrats! I'm not how Michigan either. We see what they do. They choke artist, and then you absolutely get blown up by sixty. Come on. Um, 
Anyway, that was week six. All right, so week six was hectic, fun to watch, tons of good games. Um, I'm happy after week six. Alabama season still has hope. You know, everybody's cheering. Yeah, Roll Tide, Rammer Jammer. Tennessee looked great this week. Tennessee looked amazing this week, bro. Potentially the best team in the country. Oh, for sure. Moved up three spots after that performance. For sure. I can't can't complain if you're a a Vols fan. So, um, let's talk about Week 6 winners and losers. Besides the Vols being the winner of the week. uh, Jumping up three spots. We'll start with losers, though. Um, My, uh, I, I guess I'll start. My third loser, so not my overall loser, Texas. You lost the game. Your season's still high hopes. Mm-hmm. Still can get that one back. Went out, see them again, unless they choke and don't make it there. But you should you should get back to the Big Twelve Championship. Rightfully claim it if you can. Uh, get revenge and then playoff berth. Yeah, don't let the haters bully you too much, Texas. Uh, don't let the Texas is back to the belt bowl get to your heart, get to your head. Texas, I think, is still back. Unfortunately, Oklahoma is back as well for Texas fans. Um, could be a great start to a uh, new transition to the SEC. but Still, uh, horns down, baby. I know, I'm, <laughs> as a Bama fan, I've been wanting to say that for a while now, since week two, but horns down. All right, go ahead. So my third loser? Third loser. Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, honestly, the more I think about it, I don't even know if you deserve to be on this list. Uh, We kind of knew this was going to happen. I mean, you knew deep down you weren't going to beat Texas. I mean, you knew you weren't going to beat Texas. I don't know why it was a – Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, yeah, sorry, we're still talking about Texas, but Georgia. You knew you wouldn't beat Texas either. I don't know why it was a 14 spread against Georgia, but you knew you weren't going down there and beating them. No, not now. Not even in Kroger Field. But at least everybody knows who you are now. So, uh, no more pressure on Stoops to win games he shouldn't. Uh, I think he's going to still beat South Carolina. He's still going to beat Vanderbilt if they had not. They already beat Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, he should be. He should have a good game with Missouri this upcoming week, I believe. Uh, and then you're going to lose to Tennessee whenever we come up there and collect rent. So, uh, that's just how it is. And, and, you know, hoop season's coming, Kentucky fans. Get ready. Yeah. I think you got a good team this year. Got some good news. Big Z being able to play. That's yeah. Big, big scout transfer. I'll let Brock tell you more about that. But big hey. Z, yeah, big, he played Euroball and somehow <laughs> wants to come and get a – he's got a year in college of eligibility or whatever, so he's coming to play for them. Anyway, back to football. 10-2. and two. It's not a bad season. It's eligible. I mean, potential. You could grab it if you beat Missouri and handle other business with your two losses, Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, who else they play? They have anybody else other than that? Louisville. Ooh, yeah, that'd be a fun game it, to end the season. Yeah, that'd be a rivalry game right there. That Actually, they might just smack you, but we'll we'll see. I'll give you benefit of doubt. It'll be a fun game. Um, yeah. All right, tell me your second loser of the week. I'm gonna combine the second loser. <clears throat> it's gonna be Notre Dame and Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman was my guy, and man, we have fallen from grace. Uh, three picks this week really killed everything that was left. I mean, you know, we just weren't putting up the big numbers against Duke and Ohio State, who both have really good defenses. But this week, this Louisville team, like I said, 
I didn't think they were that great of a team, and they just kind of embarrassed you, Sam, uh, and Notre Dame. So right now, if you're Notre Dame, you have to hope that there's a ridiculous amount of chaos to even allow you to have a chance. I, I find it very hard to believe a two-loss. Yeah, two-loss Notre Dame team is going to get in over a two- or one-loss champion of any conference. But, hey, just do your best. Buckle your chin strap, beat USC this week, and maybe get in good graces again. I, just, I still think I'll wait to my point to hit that because they're on my loser list, but they're the overall. But I guess I'll say my overall. I'll you say sport my second. It. I it. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it on them. Notre Dame, I don't see you getting in. I really don't, especially after this week. If Texas beats Oklahoma, a one-loss Oklahoma team is definitely be, be, beating you in there. Uh, your two losses are against Ohio State, who Louisville. hasn't proved themselves yet. So they could lose again, then you're shot. If they if they barely squeak in, you're not getting yeah. in. Ohio State has to win out. Louisville probably needs to win out or yeah. close to it. Yeah, so it doesn't look bright for Notre Dame. That's my overall. And I guess I'll go ahead and tell you my second, since I've jumped ahead. USC. All hopes not lost. That's why they're not my overall winner. But after the past two weeks' performances, almost losing to Colorado, giving up a lead against Colorado, 48-41 win over them. 43-41 win. You've given up 41 points the past two weeks. you got Notre Dame, Utah, Washington, Oregon still on the schedule. I don't see them winning all four of them, if I'm being realistic. Yeah, not looking too promising. So that was my other loser of the week. Even though they won and they only dropped one spot, which is ridiculous, utterly ridiculous, things will play out the time. Can you guess who the biggest loser of the week is? If you watched football, I think you know who the biggest loser of the week is. Mario. Oh, Mario. Where art thou, Mario? Where was thou brain, Mario, when you decided to run the ball with 36 seconds left and your running back fumbled? I felt so bad for those players because I, I, I saw the camera guy put some put the camera on uh, at least two different Miami players who were just distraught, crying on the sidelines, and my heart hurt for them because they didn't deserve that. Miami had no reason to lose that game. They had no reason to run the ball for Georgia Tech to make it a game. Yeah, no, I think right. they were like twenty point favorites or something. Not saying that they should have covered that necessarily, but it shouldn't have been a one possession game with you know that much if, time left. If you're a player, let me ask you this: If you're a player and you know we can eat it three times, if your coach does call something, would you need it anyway? Like if you're running anyway, like what do you got? What do you got to gain? Take a knee. I don't know, man. I know you don't want to go against your coach, but maybe your coach is having a brain for it. Yeah. Take a knee. Uh, and then go explain it to him on the sideline. Like, coach, we yeah. don't even need to do this right now. We could take a knee and none of this would happen. We'd be undefeated right now. Yeah. I know that running back's thinking that today. What if I would have just fallen on, fall on the knee after I was given the ball in the backfield? But anyway, big loser. Yeah, you're the biggest loser, mainly because this is the second time you've done it. I don't know if this is going to be a, a thing that loses the locker room for him. I don't know if this is going to help him lose you know, some top recruits because they see that he has just completely whiffed this coaching malpractice uh, for the great program that is Miami. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will just be a very tough lesson for him to learn, and hopefully he will from now on kneel the ball under a minute, but my word, 
I think it's time. You've heard his name called around. I think you got to send Cristobal packing, calling Urban Meyer. It's still only year two, Brock. Still <laughs> only year two. Come coach. He did Miami. great things at Oregon. I can't remember where he was before. I feel like he may have been Georgia Tech or something. But did great things at Oregon. And I think he, I think he can still get there with Miami, but he's a patriot, man. He's just man, gonna take a knee, bro. Come on, true patriot stands for the pledge. Everything doesn't take a knee. Let's get to winners of the week. Yeah, All right, let's get leave, a little happy. Leave the losers in the background. Uh, I'll start my third overall, Georgia. You handled your first real test, past flying colors. Still, still unsure because I'm not sure how good Kentucky is, but I'm still, still questioning your. Um, legitimacy got uh, Tennessee on the schedule Ole Miss on the schedule Florida in the swamp still got some places you could stumble so we'll see but you won this week third winner I'll go a couple miles down the road give Georgia Tech their props Uh, again Georgia Tech wasn't expected to be in that game that late and getting the ball there was just icing on top uh, the play calling there, whoever Brent Key's offense coordinator is, hats off to you. Uh, Haynes King, uh, former four-slash-five-star reject, revitalizing his career at Georgia Tech now. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier Georgia Tech. This was their third time under Key, upsetting a uh, top-25 team. I think two of those came on the road. One was at home. I know Pitt was one of those. I can't remember the other. But hats off to you, man. Uh, great outcome for you and uh, great performance. Second big, biggest winner for me, Big Game Braum. Yes, sir. Hats off to Big Game Braum. Uh, I should have done the research, but, you know, I don't care. Uh, this is, we'll say this is his fourth time beating a top 10 team. Three of those coming at Purdue against Michigan State, Ohio State. I believe that was an urban coach to Ohio State team, uh, and then Penn State as well. Um, now you're doing against Notre Dame at home in Louisville, your alma mater, one of 19 coaches coaching at their alma mater, so I know that was very special for him. Now you get to uh, uh, move up in the rankings and be a big dog for a couple weeks. Can you handle that kind of pressure? You were close to choking it away against NC State a couple weeks ago, but uh, you pulled that one out and moved into the top 25. Now you beat Notre Dame. Can you sustain it? Yeah, I like that pick. I like that pick. I'm going to bundle my second one. Jalen Milrow and the University of Alabama. Uh, a lot of doubters were shut up this week saying he can only run the ball. He, once he's forced to throw it, it'll be, that's a wrap. Jalen Milrow came out, put up a good stat line. Alabama handled business, got past their toughest road test left. Um, so... To control the West, uh, Alabama's rolling right now, um, and I think they're finding their identity. Team's still under construction, as they always say. Um, but yeah, big win for Jalen Murrow and, and the Crimson Tide this week. I think he legitimate. Not that he was going to get benched, but I think he legitimate took his QB one role uh, name badge this week from all the fans. So that was my winner. Then my overall winner. Do we want to say it together? Yes, let's say it together. One, two, three. Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, and I'm also going to add Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Brock, what do you want to say about him? Just congratulations on winning the Red River rivalry. I think, what, 11-4 and four in the past 15? Mm-hmm. Um, however, work's not done. 
Alright, don't sleep on the Mountaineers. Don't sleep on the Big 12 Championship again if you get there. Because Texas is going to be coming for that get back. But you won this week. You're my winners this week. Solid performance this week. Enjoy it. Back to business next week. Yeah. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. I really hate when I see uh, other teams celebrate a victory with a scar. That's a Tennessee-Alabama thing. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to allow it to anybody, I'm going to allow it for Red River. This was this was a great game. This is a great rivalry. I'm so glad that both of them are coming to the SEC because uh, this is a game that deserves to exist. Bedlam does as well. That's another topic for another day. But, man, uh, Oklahoma – all the eyes were on you this week. I don't think Colorado is going to be number one game. I think you are, and you proved it to America that you are number one. Dylan Gabriel, want to give you that shout-out. You have now moved to number four in Heisman odds ahead of Jordan Travis, which I think is very much warranted because I didn't think that he's really done much to prove that he's a Heisman. He's proved that he's a championship caliber quarterback, but not a Heisman. He now only trails... Uh, Michael Penix Jr., Caleb Williams, and Bo Nix. That's what I was going to ask. Who, who's in front of him? Miro on that list at all? Uh, not up? in the top six or so. Miro, yeah, we're just going to say he's not on there. Not on there, okay. Not in the top ten at least. Give him a few weeks. Plays like last week, I think you can give him a few weeks. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. But, no, solid week for Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners. Curious to see how their season rolls on. Um, still a lot of work to do for both for every team right now. Still a lot of work to do. Very easy to say they could go undefeated, but whenever you say stuff like that, that's when something happens. Yeah, for real. Like Nick Saban says, the rat poison is dangerous or whatever, whatever something yeah. like that. Um, all right, two minute drill. You ready for it? Let's do it. All right, I'm gonna let you ask the question so I don't butcher it. So I've been thinking about this for a while. If you were athletic director for your program. I'll be for Tennessee. You be for Alabama. Give me uh, two teams you would love to do a home and home series uh, for sake of getting to do that kind of road trip. Uh, so you can, if you want, you can just choose a cool stadium. If you want, you can choose a a, a big team or a big atmosphere, a big game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm sure you're gonna think that Alabama's just gonna whoop them at their place. Uh, if you want to just do that to open the season, or if you want to, you know, make it a late season crazy game, something like that, uh, I'll start us off with uh, my number one, one I'd love to see, one I've been thinking about ever since uh, they came to Knoxville in baseball and upset us in the Super Regional. That's Notre Dame. I would love to go to South Bend uh, for a, a game. We actually had a home and home. I believe it's home and home. I know we went there in the 90s under Johnny Majors. Upset them up there. We were not supposed to be in that game and uh, upset them. I think we blocked a kick to win the game. Um, the tradition, the history, everything about it just makes me want to uh, do this kind of home-and-home. Home. I know Georgia did one with them recently. And unfortunately, I, even though their stadium's great, their tradition's great, you got touchdown Jesus in the background there, I feel like the fans, as mu- as many as they are, they aren't always great home fans because I've always heard, and even this year for the Ohio State game, you see a whole lot of the opposing team penetrating that stadium. And part of that might be people like me who want to take advantage of that kind of road trip. 
but still, regardless, one team I'd love to see in a home-and-home home one day in my lifetime. For sure. Um, if you're telling me I'm the AD for Alabama for a day, first off, before you're doing scheduling, Tommy Reese, get out of here. All right? <laughs> uh, no, nah, he's been doing better. Uh, I will give him that. We'll see how the season plays out. But uh, number one, home-and-home home game, give me Penn State. Number one, their stadium's dope. Okay, uh, the wideouts would be sick. Love seeing this, the color schemes. Would have to be a wideout for Alabama, right? Yeah, and what? And this is a rivalry, or this was a home and home that did happen not mm-hmm. too long ago. I remember Joe Paul and Saban. Yeah, yeah. Um, what better way to get a bona fide win against a team that Ohio State and Michigan builds their resume off of every single year? Get overhyped. They get amped up for this one mid. Subpar game just to beat Penn State. Give me that game, all right. Let me take some, take some, uh, some notes from Ohio State. Let's schedule this overrated subpar team and it may be a little shot at them, but give me Penn State. Cool environment, easier game. I'll take it. Home and home. I think we drill them, but that's my game one. You want me to do game two? You want me to do game two? I'll do my second game. Right. One of the other great things of college football is. Uh, stadiums and uh, one great stadium in a, or I guess one great setting in addition to the stadium is the backdrop at Folsom Field a very historic stadium been there right out if not right over a hundred years at this point now and who plays there besides Colorado Buffaloes and Dion um, obviously I, I wanted to go there before Dion came I wanted to go there last year uh, after I watched their game against TCU to open the season. Uh, but now with Dion being there, I mean, every eye in the country be watching Colorado, Tennessee, of course. And I feel like it'd be a fun trip. I feel like it would be, you know, a good trip to go with the guys across the country. Uh, I know it'd be a long road trip for sure, but uh, it would definitely be a, a fun atmosphere. Fun to get to see the new Colorado fans uh, and the loyal ones. Uh, out there, um, I feel like it'd be a good time. No, for a good sure. Game. For sure. Um, it's a solid one. A little nice trip to Boulder, hang out. Um, I'm gonna go with USC for my second one. Um, big name team, you know, out in Southern California. Cool little road trip out to Southern Cal, catch some waves. I don't even know if that's close to them, but uh, go to USC, handle business. I think they're overrated. I think we could beat them this year, to be honest, and I think that would add another. Stack the resume up, uh, and then like like I said earlier, USC is a profound name in college football, so that'd be my second one. Um, that's just train of thought, though. I'm gonna look up real quick. So I did want to check and see what uh, both of our teams, who both of our teams have in future home and home. So Tennessee, we got uh, Nebraska coming up, I believe 25-26, and Washington in 28-29 in home and homes. I'm pulling up Florida now, or excuse me, Alabama now. Uh, So Florida State in 25-26 for y'all. Wisconsin 24-25 for y'all. Virginia Tech. Uh, Who is this? West Virginia in 26-27. Ohio State 27-28. Sir. Oklahoma State, 28-29. Looks like... Uh, Notre Dame's on there, too. I was about to say, looks like you already stole my thunder. Notre Dame, 29-30. Georgia Tech, 30-31. Uh, 
Uh, Minnesota 32-33, Arizona 32-33, Virginia Tech 34-35, Boston College is in the middle there 31-34. So sounds like Alabama's a little bit more proactive than Tennessee is on that front. But so uh, Danny White, if you're listening, get that scheduled for me. I uh, I hope the Lord blesses me with fruitful life and health so I can see these games, uh, especially 27. 27- 28 Ohio State uh, would love that but uh, yeah so that's our home and home that's the two minute drill week 7 coming up next week some big big matchups if I'm not mistaken we'll cover next episode um, Tennessee back in action I know the Vols fans are hyped for that um, but yeah so we'll hit that next episode thank y'all for listening